Hello, and welcome to Fire and Water, a Zutara podcast. My name is Katie, and I'm here with my best friend and co-host, Frankie. Today, we are doing a very special episode because we are talking about Mako, aka the pairing of Mei and Zuko in their relationship. And you may not hear a whole lot of my voice for the rest of the episode because this is Frankie's glorious <laughs> rant. So, Frankie, let me I've take the reins. I've been waiting for this. Uh, <laughs> yes, she has. I have 10 years worth of pent-up anger. <laughs> not not quite not quite 10 range. years. I have like okay, <laughs> I was 12, so I have like 8 years of pent-up anger. No, I just want to do two little disclaimers here before we jump in. One, we do not hate May at all. No. Not at all. I love her. She's actually one of my favorite female characters. Um, I have a sign print yep. from Cricket Lee. Um, I love her with all my heart, just not with Zuko. Yes, I. she's a very fascinating character to me. She's not one of my favorite female characters like she is for Katie, but she's a very fascinating character for me, and I, I don't hate her by any means. I don't dislike her. I just don't like her with Zuko. So that's the first disclaimer. Um... I'm biased because I love her deep, yes. raspy voice. Because you guys may not be able to tell with my microphone, and I also like talk way up in head voice on the podcast because mm-hmm. I'm self conscious. But um, I sound like a man half the time. I have a very deep voice, and I love seeing that representation of us deep voice girls. We're not all high pitched sopranos. Love that. So rasp. yeah, that's yeah. We both like May. So we just if we're ranting, well, if I'm ranting in this video. <laughs> about Mako, it's not about her, it's about the relationship. And then the second disclaimer is, you're probably not a Mako fan if you're on this podcast. I don't know why you would be, but if you like them, this is not the video for you. Click off. Not the episode for you. Yeah, no. Video if you're listening on YouTube. Right. Episode, whatever you want to call it. We're not here, we're not here to start fandom wars and fandom hate, so if you ship Mako and you don't ship Zutara, don't listen. We don't want to start like a fan war in the comments. We just want to express ourselves. So that's the other disclaimer. Absolutely. You're, you know, like Frankie said, this might be one for you to sit out if you're a huge Mako shipper, if you love them. But you're also welcome to listen if you want to hear from the opposite, you know, right. side of the, the spectrum, uh, other side of the pond, so to speak. You're more mm-hmm. than welcome to listen. We just, you know, we're two two nerds, two fangirls who happen to have a lot of similar views on the basic relationships of Avatar and how we feel they should have turned out. And even we have slight differences yeah. in our opinions, which, you know, we've already seen in the right. first three episodes. This is our fourth. Um, you know, if you're listening to this in the future, goodness knows how many we've done. Hopefully many. But you're more than welcome to listen if you want a different perspective. We're just warning that um, we're, we're very passionate yes. about this topic and there might be a lot of ranting. So uh, buckle in because it's going to yes. be a wild ride. Okay, so now with that out of the way, let's get into the episode. <laughs> Where should we start <laughs> with this fun topic? Um, They're toxic. They're too similar. They're not compatible it's in like any if capacity. You have, <laughs> if you have oil and oil kiss and then like they just blew up. It's like it's like throwing fire on top of buckets and buckets of oil. I don't even I I I I don't even know how people could see this relationship and not see it as toxic cuz it's so toxic to me. And to me in how they're too similar and the way in which it becomes toxic at its heart is tied to communication. Yeah. 
These are two people who, I mean, they're both such emo teenagers. They don't Ugh. know how to express their emotions. In, as in totally in different beach. ways. No, they, they, and they don't know how Ugh. to do that in two totally different ways. May doesn't know how to express her emotions, so she does the opposite and does nothing. And Zuko doesn't know how to correctly communicate his emotions, so he's... And when he so does, he, he outbursts. and rages of fire and fury. And neither exactly. is healthy. Exactly. And, uh... Absolutely. Yeah. My mom, we're only on season one. We're at the end of season one. But she, I'm watching it with her for the first time. And every time he's on screen, she... Well, first of all, she's deemed him the angry jerk. Which is funny because I'm pretty sure Sokka refers yeah. to him as just that at some point in the series. But also... As a mom who has, you know, gone through the process of raising three teen- teenagers now, excuse me, um, I'm, I'm, you know, the last bird in the nest. I'm the youngest. She's just like, he's just such a whiny, dramatic teenager, teenager. <laughs> and just so immature. And that's, you know, the part that gets in the way of him and May's relationship. They don't seem <sighs> to have any real interest in common, any goals in common, like life goals. They're it's, just kind of ugh. the two goth kids who pair together in high school and it's don't last. It's just, it's so, it's so bad. And it's, I don't even know how to explain how much they don't work. It's not just communication. Because, I mean, yes, that's, that's the biggest thing. But it's also, there is no understanding between them. How many times do they have a conversation? conversation and Zuko is like I just I can't do this I don't know what I'm doing I feel conflicted and she's just like well why why are you conflicted this is the fire nation this is what we do and there's no compassion there's no understanding between either of them and it's just like how is how are the creators how are they trying to portray this as a healthy relationship because they are they're not Zuko to contrast his personality and his current needs healthily in a healthy way healthily real real english major here katie um but in a healthy way (laughs) he needs a nurturer he needs an empath he needs someone Mm -hmm. who listens who you know sounds just like another certain i don't even care if it's katara Um, if we're comparing it to may just give him gin but may is the exact give him gin her her cold (laughs) emotionless personality is the exact opposite of what he needs even Jin, like Ugh, you said when he's they go so on happy date, she's warm she's nice she doesn't judge him and it's he's such so a happy. better contrast and such a better pairing than with may he smiles do we ever see him smile with may until the end i was just about to say how many times can we count him smiling with may and how many times can we count him smiling with Jin in like a five minute segment it's it literally uh, they have so much more chemistry in that one little tale of bossing say uh, than Zuko and May do in their entire relationship. And, just... and it also doesn't help for the pairing that the entire backstory of their relationship and how they were together for the first time before Zuko got banished. It's my biggest like flaw with relationships like this. It's like you have to show the relationship developing if you actually want us to care about it when it's so bad. Right. And we know some of that backstory, you know, with Zuko pushing her into the fountain and all that. We have that backstory, but not in the main right. show is the problem. And because of that, the second we see them together, it reads as no. weird. Like, where no, no, the no. heck this is this No, no, no. This is what it reads from? as. Okay. And this is a thing in shows. Shows do this. If you're a show buff or a book nerd, shows do this where they put they have a character come out of nowhere or even a character you've seen like May. 
and all of a sudden they're with the main male protagonist, even though Aang is, you get what I'm saying. They put the the girl that you've never seen before, really. Zuko is right. the hot boy protagonist, right. so to speak. It's not Aang. He's occupying they put that role. two characters together without showing any of that development on screen. They put them together, and they do that just to break them up. And keep them broken up. They use it as a plot device, usually in shows. So you'll see a relationship come out of nowhere. You're like, why the hell is that here? It's because it's used as development, and they use it to push it into a different relationship. It's a plot device. Usually, that sort of relationship breaks up because it's toxic or because it doesn't work in most shows or books. And it's used to push a character towards another character, or it's used to push the character into a better place. Which is what most... And also to grow and mature and see what a healthy right. relationship looks like, like so many people do that's in what, life. That happens to so many people. That's what is supposed to happen with this type of relationship on a show. It's a literal, it's a it's a thing that you can see happening in so many shows. You put... And I think that was the uh, original plan. It just... And when you watch it without knowing, like Katie watched this knowing Katang was going to happen and Maiko was going to happen... So, but watching it without that, if I was older, because when I was younger, I didn't know plot devices, I didn't know all of this, but when I, if I had watched it for the first time without knowing it, when I was 16, I would have been like, so Zuko and May are going to break up, right? Because that's the trope that this is, and they're toxic. They're going to break up. That's the only way this can happen. It's just, it's not what's supposed to happen. But I think on the opposite end of the Katang situation, on the Mako end, it could be such an important message for kids where on one side, Aang realizes that this was just a childhood right. crush and has to learn what real love looks like and that he and Katara aren't compatible. It's not that kind of relationship and that it can't just be physical mm-hmm. attraction or anything. He finds someone who is better suited for him in a romantic right. capacity. And then on the other end, Zuko and May have to learn that they don't work together romantically. Zuko ends up with Katara and May, I mean... Okay, first of all, May does not need to end no, up with someone. No! Oh, that does not need to God, be a thing. This argument makes me want to drive my head into a wall where, like, one of the arguments, we both ranted about this. We both saw it on the same day and we went off. But someone made an argument that the one of the reasons why Zutara shouldn't be together is because then it leaves May and Aang alone and that's a bad thing. How is that a bad Aang is 12! Which is just such a toxic mindset. And that's like, that's the word of the day for the episode, toxic. But it's it's really the only just word to describe it. First of all, Aang is 12. He does not need to be in any relationship. I understand why they- I'm 20 and I haven't had a relationship. (sighs) Take your time. Wait until you find someone who is right for you, I understand the mindset of, oh, it's a kid's story. You want him to have a relationship. I don't have a problem with that. If he's 12 and happens to get with Katara because they went through a lot- whatever but the fact that that an argument is out there where it's like ang has to be ang is 12 ang does not have to be in any sort of romantic relationship at the age of 12 let him breathe and may that says that does such a disservice to her character like oh she needs a, a relationship no she doesn't who could be independent she does not need a relationship exactly not everyone needs to be perfectly paired off like a little fairy tale. And there's actually something I'd like to speak on here as an asexual person, as an aspec person. So, you know, I'm 20 years old and I've taken longer to get started with relationships and have those experiences than a lot of my peers. And 
I, for so many years, felt awkward and alone and behind and like something was wrong with me because I was taking longer because I was, like I said, behind. And that is a feeling that a lot of not only A-spec people have, but people who just happen to take a little longer in general have because society puts this idea into our heads, especially for girls, I feel like, um, though, I mean, it could not be true. Um, you know, any boys listening in the audience, let us know um, that you have to have a partner, have to have a relationship by the time you're like 16 in high school. Yeah. 15. So young. 14, you know, no 15. characters in media and high school media can get out of high school without being in a relationship. No one's allowed to stay single. And it is so I am not it is so toxic to always promote that mm-hmm. idea that, you know, you have to have a relationship by that age and you can't be single. Being single it's is fun. OK. You are allowed to be yeah. single and wait until you find the person right for you. And it gives so many girls. And like I said, I don't know, you know, how many boys, um, but I'm sure they experience right. it too. You know, guys feeling the pressure to get a girlfriend or yeah, boyfriend, you know, whatever, um, get a partner. But it puts so much pressure on teen shoulders and makes them feel so self-conscious when that doesn't happen. And it is such a toxic mindset mm-hmm. to promote just pairing off for the sake of having a partner because everyone else does. And that should right. not be a thing. I want to challenge that in media. No. I want more stories of a girl who, you know, didn't have her first dating experience until college or even after college or even a girl that had a dating experience realized it wasn't good and ended it which is what may that could have been her story I you know I'm someone who I mean I changed high schools a lot I went to three different high schools which also impacts things you know um when your prom Mm -hmm. is two months after moving to a brand new high school but also I purposely did that I was involved in like caught up in my academics I had my own pursuits with my writing and all that wanting to become an author I I was like that career lady in the Hallmark movies (laughs) focused on her career at the high school and call now college equivalent of that and someday Mm -hmm. you know it'll happen it'll meet someone but I'm not here to force a relationship just for the sake right. of having a relationship i haven't met anyone who's right for me and exactly that is what honestly more than anything makes me so upset about this pairing is that it reeks oh. of that and when people actually Even... promote that on social media in the fandom as a valid it's mindset bad. and it is such a bad example for all the younger fans now discovering avatar 2 yeah to get that message like even i i'm not ace and i i have a boyfriend but I didn't have a boyfriend until I was almost 18 and so many of my friends and so many people around me were like, why haven't you ever dated anyone? It's like it was a bad thing that I was 17 and a half. I was, we're still kids at this age. Our frontal lobes aren't even developed. (laughs) Right. It's still a minor. And yet people ask you, oh. What about that boy? What about them? They're cute. Blah, blah, blah. I don't want a relationship. And it seems like it's such a bad thing when that's something that someone says. Like, I'm I'm a teenager and I'm not dating and that's fine. I've had a boyfriend now. I've had two boyfriends. But the fact that that was even a pressure at all on someone who was 17 and a half and now that it's a pressure on Katie who's 20 is ridiculous. It's like, 
let people love at their own speed. They and do at not their own no rate. Absolutely. Needs. Absolutely. Let people find love at their own rate. And if you are interested in that at a younger age or happen to find someone at mm-hmm. a younger age, that is fine. Nothing against that at yes. all. But no. In media. Don't yeah, make it a requisite. In media, you know, it is the opposite problem. That's always what's shown. And people who take longer, who, you know, don't start dating till they're older and all of that are seen as like, I don't know, spinsters. Not <laughs> it's like the 21st century, hard... you know, idea okay. of a spinster. Like this girl who goes off to college and I hasn't know. dated and, she's sh- and, you know, she's such a prick. It's... And like, again, what if you just terrible. genuinely aren't interested yet and not ready yet? That is valid. That is so right. valid. Very valid. <laughs> I mean, gosh, you could be a military kid moving around all the time. And until that stops, you just you don't want to, you know, even fathom the idea of a relationship because you're just going to be moving around. I moved around a lot. I had that complex to an extent, certainly. Yeah. You know, when I knew I was going to be moving, I'm not going to try and get in a relationship. It's. You know, it's there's so many reasons. And like I said, even if you don't have a specific reason, like perhaps certain struggles, if you're LGBTQ plus or being a military kid or something, like I said, even if you're just not ready and it's just not you or you just haven't found someone that is valid. And right. You shouldn't feel shame. And this has been a very long rant, but I, I think it's crucial to what's wrong with the pairing and what's wrong with the dynamic here and also how the fandom at large discusses it. I mean, I think a lot of fellow Zutara mm-hmm. shippers agree with us, but not all of them. Some Zutara shippers, you know, still like right. and Zuko. I think they just like the idea of Zuko being with someone. Um, but... Which again yeah, is absolutely unnecessary. unnecessary. These kids <laughs> are like 12 to 16, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um... Not to mention that they're already dealing with the trauma of wars. Which they bring up with Katara in her discussions with Aang and then completely ignore it with the ending. Completely ignore that commentary. I I was about to say, I was about to say the only reason I'm okay with Zuko really being with Katara is because they help each other with that trauma. But other than that, I don't really want Zuko dating because he is so traumatized. He should heal, really heal himself more than he has to get into a relationship because we see how toxic their relationship is and if you tell me that may will help zuko heal then you have not watched they have one she does the opposite effect they bring out the absolute worst in each other they always have even in the prison when she's saving him she is she is so mad that he betrayed the country and her, yes, I would be also mad if my boyfriend left me a note to break out with me. She has every right to be very mad at him for that well, one. Also, did he have but much of a choice? That- no, he didn't. Like, I low-key think it was nice of him to take the time to write that note before fleeing. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still understand her rage. But the point here is that even in that cell, she does not understand why he ran. No. She doesn't understand why he did that. She's like, Zuko, She doesn't why did understand do him like, uh, or his turmoil at all. She only fuels it with her own yes. emotional dissonance. She cannot heal and him. And own issues because their faults as characters clash with one another and only heighten each other. Sometimes you can have characters that are similar in date because they don't, their faults are similar, but they don't necessarily break each other. They're, they're, Oh, they're so bad for each other. Even when she goes against Azula at the end of the prison break episode, 
she is not doing it because she understands Zuko. She still does not understand at all why Zuko's doing what he's doing. She does it because she loves him, and she doesn't want him to see him drown in a pit of boiling right. lava. But she doesn't She doesn't do it because she understands why he's doing this. I also this. would argue that she does it because she thinks she loves him. She. I, I don't know how they could love each other. I, don't, I understand the romanticized version, like, but... And I, I love that line. Don't get me wrong. It is badass. It is, you know... A, a great but frankly it's more to serve azula's character arc and you know set the precedent yes. for her psychopathy and insanity um and spiral out of control yes. in the finale more than anything else because that betrayal you know cuts her deeply it's more to serve that <sighs> than anything that's really genuine in their relationship <laughs> i don't i don't see how they actually could love each other because every single scene we get with them it's either one of them not understanding the other, hiding feelings from the other, yelling at each other, being in an argument, or like the fake, the like goth emo, oh, I hate this seashell. Like the sort of like, none of their conversations have any, any depth to them other than like, oh, two emo people that can't communicate. I don't think we ever see a scene with them where they actually correctly communicate really their don't. feelings to each other no. and the other person understands i don't see one even at the end scene between them it's like but never dump me again i don't know they're just it's like that there was one no, scene is the only time uh, she somewhat puts a smile on his face i feel like and the only time uh, that it's not entirely but awful it but it's like still a cop not good out. and it does feel like a cop it, out no it feels like a cop out because it's like with katang it's like with katang when when katara Aang kisses her, she says she didn't want it to happen, and then the next time you really see them talking, it's them kissing at the end. It's like there was no there was no build up to that after that. They were arguing and then it's okay. And it feels like that's what yeah, happened. They completely Zuko walked over it's the like, relationship arc and discussion that they laid the groundwork for. They he, she, he left her in a prison cell and then she and she was mad at and him. It does I don't understand feel like how a they just, it feels like, oh, we were cut short a season. We're not able to do Zutara anymore. I guess we're just going to throw Katang and Mako together. That is absolutely what it reads I would have like. rather... I would have rather they had Mei in, like, two other scenes with Zuko, too. And just to be like, so have one more little argument that's actually a, a good argument. Because sometimes arguments are necessary. Have one that, like, makes actual sense. And then have another scene and where like it's like, okay, you're not going to work out. And, like, the promise of maybe working things out and maturing. And gaining a healthier relationship. Or just... That would be so much more effective. Or just saying flat out... Or just saying flat out, I don't know if we can work. We might not be good for each other right now. We might need to part right now as friends. That... It's just so much healthier. It's like that's where the story should have gone. Because... It's like I said, the story doesn't make sense how this had to happen. They frame this relationship as a relationship you're supposed to, like, think is toxic. But at the same time, they're telling you to ship it. And it's like, you can't do both. It's, I can't. It's just like how they start to do that work with Katara and Aang. Talking about how Katara, you know, she she points out and starts that discussion of we're in the middle of saving the world. I'm not sure. And, you know, Aang goes ahead and kisses her anyway. And they start presenting this idea of Aang's immaturity and kind of fantasize. Yeah. Like, I don't know. He has this fantastical idea of Katara, not really a genuine deep love for her and more of a surface level crush. They start to present that idea. And then, like I said, with the ending, just entirely walk all over it and just, you know, slap 
slap Katang and Mako on. And it's the same thing on opposite sides mm-hmm. of the coin. The same exact, I think, consequence of what happened behind the scenes and, you know, getting cut short a season, which I still believe happened 100%. If you want to do Katang again, like Mako, we had three episodes. No, we had two episodes before in the finale where they could have talked. They could have had a scene after Ember Island players before the final battle. There could have been just a scene in there where Aang was like, I'm sorry, and I'm going to work on those that side of me that's just like doesn't listen to you. There could have been some conversation. There isn't. There's no, nope. there's barely any conversation, serious conversation between them before he leaves. And then the next time we see them together is when they kiss. And it's like, oh, there's no restoration. It's like. And I would also like to add that, I mean, literally on the opposite end of the Zuko and Jin thing was May. She has better chemistry and better interactions with this with the guy she meets in the flower shop, working at her aunt's flower shop in the comics, than she mm-hmm. ever does with Zuko. And even when it's they get together and break up they again, better each other. there's still that same tension there that was for the show. It doesn't develop. It shows no promise of going away. It shows no promise of developing. And right now, at the latest point we have in the storyline, they aren't together, and I hope it stays that way. You can't put oil and fire together, ever. It just does. It's never going to work. It's always going to be the same combination. Mind you, I'm pretty certain that they do in uh, canon, because I think Azumi is May's daughter. I refuse. I hate to think that, but no, I, I do I think it is pretty obvious that, yeah. That's just, I don't like that argument, and I don't like the argument that, um, why am I blinking? Julie's husband. Derek. Varric. I don't like I don't like the fan theory that Varric is Sokka's son either, just because I don't think Sokka would have like ever left a child that he knew was his, and I don't think he would have cheated on Suki. I well, just it don't would like be like maybe theory. like Sorry, grandson or something. I feel like in the timeline it wouldn't be. I went son. on a, It would be mm, grandson, right? <laughs> some people think it's his son, and I'm just like, that's I don't. <laughs> I don't agree. agree I don't agree. I don't agree at all. I don't think I don't like it. Anyway, back to topic. Yeah, no, the whole Nako storyline, what should have happened, it should have been for them to realize they need to grow more. They're not good for each other. They need to find healthy relationships and split up. Instead, the writers, they made it into something you're supposed to ship without giving you actually a reason to ship it, like Bellamy and Echo from The 100. And then you're just left with, like, the carcass of all that could have been in its wake. Heck, if fans that desperately want the characters to be paired off, which, you know, I... Give them I think a good- I think we can you yeah. know we thoroughly established that we think that's ridiculous anyways. But if you really <laughs> need that for May, uh, you know, there's the options. They could have brought in that character that she meets in the flower shop for the show. I think, you know, he was probably developed. I mean, I don't I don't know the exact timeline of when the show ended and, you know, when the comics developed, but someone like that for May to find at the end and be like, oh, this is someone who makes me happy and smile. And this is so much better. This is so much healthier. Or heck, even like, I, I would even prefer May and Ty Lee. That is a ship I can get behind. Ty Lee, I was about to say. Their contrasting personalities work well together, I think. It's a fun dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's not toxic. Ty Lee proved how loyal she is to May when she chose May over Zula. She proved how loyal mm-hmm. she was. How much she cared about May. I think their dynamic could have been really cute. It absolutely could have been. It could have been like sapphic, butch, girly girl greatness. <laughs> like they are opposites in a way that work really well. Tylee 
perks May up. May very much grounds Ty Lee when her head is in the clouds. And that is, you know, that to me is a much more interesting and yeah, dynamic. dynamic than just anger, anger, anger. And emo, emo, emo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's so better. It's it's so much better. And like Kylie <laughs> isn't paired off with anyone in the end. Why aren't people upset about that? Neither is Azula. She was originally like, supposed to have like, an arranged marriage storyline in season three. Fun fact. It's just like give. And if you want Zuko to be paired up with someone, I don't know why some people don't like Jin and Zuko. I don't understand it. Give him Jin. Jin could have done a whole Suki type thing. We only see Suki for one episode before season two. Give Jin the Suki story arc of, oh, we met her in one episode in season two, book two. Bring her in for a couple episodes of book three. I don't know. Just if you want Zuko with someone so bad. Literally. Like, I think. Jin is, Jin was right there. You know, while Katang has its own problems, I think Mako is frankly so much worse. And I think part of what makes Katang sting so much is that Mako is the alternative on the other end. If Zuko. If Zuko is, had someone is. so like better for him on his end, it would be so much easier to accept the end results of what happened. Jin is a saint. That girl not only was such a good match for Zuko, she was able to tolerate. She knew yeah, he was she was a able firebender. to tolerate his emo ness. She knew there was something going on. She didn't snitch when he lit those. You know, and the fact that he lit the fountain she for her is so cute he, she wasn't she was not stupid she no, was not she a was stupid not. girl she closed her eyes and 10 seconds later the whole thing was lit up she she knew he was a fire she bender. thought he was cute she thought <laughs> he was charming serving tea we all love lee from the tea shop and old girl she made her move she made her move and like i said she didn't snitch even after finding out he was a firebender because she totally knew it accepted his weirdness Ugh. accepted his scar all of that. She is prime material. I can get behind. I can't get behind Katang. I I couldn't say that, but I can. I can it's understand. It's easier to accept, like I said, if Zuko had a better parent. It's Katang. It's because even though I don't think they're necessarily toxic. I mean, I don't like the age because I feel like that's a bad dynamic in any relationship that young. But. I digress on that point. I can get, I can accept that as an alternative because you know what? They do have some chemistry. They are good for each other in some ways and they do love each other. Even if it's not in the way, I don't think it's in the way it should be, but still. I can get behind Katang. I cannot ever, ever, I will never be okay with Mako and how their story ended because it's just, it's so toxic. And the writers are aware of it because they don't just keep them together after that ending there. They have them break up again. <laughs> and that's another thing. Girls and boys. Ladies, especially I feel yeah. I feel like this happens with. But girls and boys, especially younger listeners. Mm-hmm. If you are in a situation with someone where you are constantly breaking up and getting back together. And breaking up and getting back together. That is a sign that this is not a good idea and not a good relationship or fit. Listen to Taylor Swift. We are never, ever getting back together. That's what Mako should say. Eat some ice cream. Watch some... Don't watch Avatar. It'll give you bad dating advice, but watch a show. Watch Suki and Sokka scenes. Yes, that is the best dating advice. That's the only... Ugh, that's the only couple I can 100% get behind that's canon in the in the Atla universe. And maybe some ending Korasami. Right, I'm talking Atla. If we're talking, like, there's so many. All the relationships are Kor- in Korra. That's another thing I'll give to Korra over Atla. 
all the relation, the canon relationships. If we're talking canon, the relationships in Korra are so much, so much healthier, better. and they actually show a full storyline of Korra and Mako trying things out, trying dating, and realizing that they just don't work together. And then later yeah. in life, Asami mm-hmm. comes in is. Such a good fit for Korra. Cares about her so much. Right. They are perfect for each other. And these two characters who've grown so much and matured come together. Like, let's see. Let's see if I can name the Bolin and Opal? So cute. Bolin and Opal. Kai and Jin. Uh, we have... <laughs> Kai and Varric, Jinora. Var- I know. The names are so similar. <laughs> we have Varric, Varric, Varric and Julie, after she gives him a telling off to, they work in their yes. own weird way. I don't think they're toxic. I just think they're weird. Um, and then I even- love them with all my heart. I think it could have been ideal to have a bit more time after she comes back before everything. Yes. But I still love them. I do too, but still. And then even Mako and Asami, I think you can call Korra and Mako a bit toxic. Mako and Asami, I actually, I Me don't neither. think it was toxic. I just think it was, they were the wrong yeah, people for each other. Absolutely. Korra does relationships actually despite the whole Korra Mako thing Korra does relationships in a healthier way than I absolutely agree in where things end up a hundred percent yeah and I've started because of you Katie you've done this to me I've started looking at Wu and Mako fan art and you've ruined me I didn't see it because I can't see Mako is either straight or he's gay to me there's like no wiggle room I don't know why in my head he's one or the other we both agreed to this that he does not he is like the opposite of bi vibes we can't see him swinging more than one way so he's either gay or straight (laughs) he is one of the few characters in canon to me who actually reads his comp in the beginning like that's a concept that people bring up a lot in characters who I just don't see it but to me he actually reads his comp Mako it works so now I know it works, and so now I'm just like shipping him with Lou, and I don't know why. It's I feel like I'm back in my steel eye days where I Their just dynamic is so fun. I I didn't I didn't know what to do, and okay, back on topic. This is not supposed to be a fluff video. This this is supposed to be me ranting out my anger before I have to go to work for four hours. Oh my gosh, you mentioned steel eye, and I'm just like pepper jack. If you upload this before like I get out of work, I'm just gonna listen to it on my headset while I'm cleaning because I just I will try and do. That. I'm a good friend. I'm a good friend. Uh, no, and I no have pressure. all the control editing behind the scenes. <laughs> so if I say something she disagrees with one day, she I can, can censor. She can just cut me I have out so much a, power. She'll do, she'll do a voiceover. She'll do a voiceover. Yes, I agree with uh, everything. Gosh, I'm going to turn into the federal government. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. What, where are we going now? Okay, yes, but the core relationships are much healthier than the Atla relationships, most of them. Even Tenzin and Pema, who are slightly problematic just because of the ages when they married and the whole he did it mostly for children, like, I'm not a- I have- have I'm not a fan of it. I don't think Tenzin- I think they genuinely love each other, and we see that- Pema genuinely balances Tenzin out well and helps him, you know, with Uh his flaws and all that and is able to talk to him. I think they're a good pairing. Is the age gap ideal? No, but they are older when we see them, so that makes it a bit more comfortable. And I do highly disagree. Like, I'm I'm open to the age gap discussion of, you know, like, if they, when they got together, was that right and all that? But... In regards to Tenzin making Pema into a baby-making machine, I highly disagree with that. I think Tenzin, I don't the agree air with that nomad either. culture was important to him, and I think Tenzin 
I highly suspect that part of why he broke up with Lynn is because she did not want kids. Oh, it is. And that was important to him. Definitely. Continuing the Air Nomad line, preserving his culture was important to him. And in who you are a couple with, <laughs> in who you pair yourself with, right. having those similar life goals is crucial. I was just about to say a lot of people get mad at different stories because they're like, oh, these two people are together and the man is forcing the woman to make a baby, which... No, it should not happen. If a woman does not want a child, do not force it on her. But if you are a man and you very much want kids and the woman doesn't, both of them need to make the decision to say, this re- this relationship probably yeah. isn't going to work out. We want very different things. And that's... Either one of us compromises, which more often than not, I would say was such a big thing as whether or not you want children is kind of, yeah, most of right. the time, I feel like in general, it's better to part ways. <laughs> Um, you know but there are cases where it can work out and you can come to a compromise but wanting someone with those similar life goals as you is totally valid it's very healthy it's very mature that lynn and um tenzin broke and then like their middle age they're still able to poke fun at it and stuff you know and right pema was an air acolyte she valued the culture she knew the culture um even though she wasn't a bender Mm -hmm. and all that she wanted kids that was important to tenzin and like I said, I think they um, balance each other out well. She tends and is Again, super high strung, yeah. and she particularly balances that out well. <laughs> right. The reason why we're mentioning all these couples is just to kind of show the difference here between Mako and just everyone. Like else. I said, the writers know. <laughs> they are aware of it because yeah. they continue to play that Mako game of them getting together and breaking up even past the show. It's not like they just smushed them together and said happily ever after at the end you know even though because of her name i do suspect that azumi is may's daughter they didn't do that they I continue to like depict to that. this dynamic this unhealthy dynamic between the two which to me indicates that they're aware of it i don't i don't know if they were aware of it when they wrote the ending for the third book because they frame it in a way where it's like you are supposed to accept this as a shippable as end game couple yeah and it's just, so I don't know if they became aware of it or if they were always just like, no, we're going to write it this way and we're going to portray it as a bad relationship. And sometimes that's how life is and people just need to deal. In which case, I think that that is a terrible uh, message. But once but again, I very much I get the feeling that that only happened, that that ending scene only happened in hindsight of getting cut short a season and that it wasn't initially supposed yeah. to be there. And then... Which, like we said, in that case, just have them break up amicably. Yeah, exactly. Or just, you know, I don't know. They can reunite, but show this development of them maturing, moving on, realizing their relationship isn't right. Or heck, even the promise of, like, reconnecting with each other and, you know, potentially as we grow, come back together again would be better than just we're back together. Right. It's, it's, oh, I had a comparison. And now it has, oh, it is a comparison, but it's a, it's from a different show, so I don't want to bring it up. It just, it's, there's, there's mature relationships, and then there's relationships that will never be yeah. healthy. And there's relationships, there's relationships that aren't mature, but that can become mature, which I think Katang can become mature. I don't think they are. And I don't think they're necessarily healthy when it ends, but I think it has the potential to become mature and healthy, which is why it doesn't keep me up at night 
um, <laughs> angry. <laughs> that is the difference, though. Um, Katang more so at least has yeah. the potential to be a good pairing in good relationship, even if the circumstances of their relationship, their ages, where they are in life, you know, in maturity-wise, really mm-hmm. aren't great. Whereas Zuko and May, you really don't get that sense. And, like, yes, I would no. prefer, you know, a, oh, you know, you know, we're going to reconnect and grow and maybe things will work out in the future over what we got, just them being back together. But for them, I, I frankly think likely that would not work out and they're just not meant for each other. No. And the best thing would just be One of- a breakup and that message of moving on to a better relationship. Yeah. One of my favorite things that came out of the Avatar um, coming back on Netflix and everyone you watching it, one of my favorite things that happened, and I think we've talked about this on another podcast, but it's that I don't see anyone talking about Mako anymore. I see everyone agrees that Sokka got with one of the Water Tribe siblings. One of them. <laughs> it's either Sokka you mean or Zuko Katara. got with one of the like, Water Tribe nah. siblings? <laughs> yes. Sorry. Who, it's okay. Who did I say? You said Sokka. Oh, okay. Zuko got, yes. One of the things, Zuko got with one of the Water Tribe siblings. He, he picked one of them. He picked a healthy relationship. I love that everyone has taken that as their canon. I didn't even see Mako, like, ships, except for that, except for every stupid article, like the one that made me rant, like, a week ago. Every once in a while, I say, I'll see Mako discourse. But for the most part, in this Avatar Renaissance, we have seen Zucca and we have seen Zutara, and it, everyone agrees that Zuko picked one of the Water Tribe siblings. And that's it. That's done. It's canon. It happened. And everyone agrees that that would have been a better choice. And I am very happy about that. <laughs> For the sake of Suka, I like to think you pick Katara. And, and I, you know, am a Zutara shipper at the end of the day. Right. I can get but on board I with can, Sokka yeah, over I May can any day. I can get on board with Zuka. It's not toxic. It's a fun dynamic. No age gap issue. Like... Great banter. I'm no, here I'm for fine it. With it. The only thing that makes me like, I love Suki and Saga, right, and I think so they are such a good example I'm of a like, healthy relationship. I think they are such right. They're such a healthy relationship. They're such a good couple. They are what if you wanted me to ship May and Zuko, you should have done that with them, or you should have brought Jin in and made it like a how Sokka and Suki's story were told. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I frankly, I'll take the Jin thing. <laughs> I, I don't think May and Zuko being like that would yeah. really work personality-wise. Like, the pairing would just not yeah. play out like Give that. Give me Jin. I think the Jin option is Give me Jin so much better. That would let me sleep at night. Yeah, I'll be a Zutara shipper until I die, but I can get on board with Zuka. You know what? You know what? Here are my official ships. Zuko gets Katara and Lee from the tea shop gets Jin. <laughs> <laughs> We, we just split, split them. Zuko we... down the middle. Oh, but I want Katara to meet Lee from the tea shop. That would have been sweet. Have you seen the headcanon where it's like she actually... She and she actually walked in. There, so in. She walks yeah. In, sits at a table and then they're both just staring at each other awkwardly while he's pouring her tea. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and she's like, you're telling me the reason you haven't been chasing us is because you're working in customer service? <laughs> and Yes. I love all the customer service Zuko Oh my gosh. Ones. Okay, the other one I love is the one with Zuko, where it's like Jet bursting into the tea shop. He's a firebender! Zuko, who's been in customer service for a week and really ready to hit a page, uh, a person. Yes, yes I am, on sheathed swords. <laughs> like, he's so oh, ready to goodness. fight. We should... We should do Ugh. a whole episode theorizing about Katara and Lee from the tea shop specifically I, would play out like 
We should just do a whole episode reading stupid Tumblr like we we <laughs> will about everything and fan art. We said we were yeah, going to we do will. One on fan art. We we'll will. Combine well, we episode. had these first four kind of mapped out. Yeah, mapped wanted out. to talk about Mako. Yeah. Um, we're just gonna do this as long as ideas right, keep hitting right. us, and it's mostly for fun. I Same. I'm doing this for fun because I like discussing things. And if you want to listen, that's fine. If you don't want to listen, I'm not gonna tell um, you to change. And talking with your best friend. <laughs> yes, exactly. We both we both live we live um about two hours away from each other, and we're both very busy. So this is about the only real time we get to talk every week. We spend like an hour on here and. You guys get yeah. the results of yeah, that. Yeah, after I trim it down and, like I said, do my evil censorship. <laughs> mm. But, no, I keep in your opinions. I, I trim down if perhaps some bickering goes on too long or something. I work some editing magic. But I'm not I'm not <laughs> too evil. I promise. I listen, so I know that she doesn't cut out anything too important. Oh, goodness. Well, <sighs> okay. we. I feel lighter than I did before getting all this off mm-hmm. our chest. You were talking yep. about how we find it so toxic. I think... It is about time for us to hop off. I would just like to make one more point, and that's a quick one. And it's that if you look at the body language between Zuko and May, it's very, even their body language together is toxic. It's almost like argumentative. They're always like leaning towards each other with their fists like clenched. And then if you look at Zuko and Katara, it's very, it's even when they're really angry at each other, like they don't look like they're about to kill each other. They just look very upset. So I just wanted that to be a last point, is that even their body language That's is a toxic. great point, though. It's very tense. It's very guarded, like emotionally guarded. Yeah. They both go into yeah. their interactions looking for a fight. Whereas when Katara is yelling at Zuko, he's literally not fighting her at all. He's like, how can I help? Until, like, the Southern Raiders episodes where he's literally like, what can I do to help? And even then, she is not... May... Their body language... It's not, it, it's not toxic. It's just, I don't know how to explain it. When she is it mad at It shows Zuko, the promise of a trust that can develop. Yes. It's very different with May. It's just very, even the body language is toxic. That's all I meant to say. You know, I absolutely. Very good point. And my chest. the facial expressions, the, they're just, mm-hmm. they're just not happy around each other as a whole and that is just a good rule of thumb <laughs> that that's not a good idea for a relationship if, if and zuko's whole he's very possessive over may in a in a toxic way and it's like uh it's just all of it all of it the beach episode i didn't even want to go into that because i'll just start yelling but yeah it's just all we, of it. it's toxic yeah, absolutely and one last quick thing before we head off if you do ship Main Zuko and you listen to this episode, I genuinely oh, props to you. <laughs> right, right. I would My never God. listen to a Katang episode. Um, I couldn't. If you are a shipper and like that endgame, like that pairing, I genuinely would like to know and like contact us in the comments. We have all of our, like I said, all of our handles in the description. What appeals about it? Like, what about it is appealing to you? And why do you like it? What about the dynamic do you think works? And why do you want them together? This isn't, like, to be cynical or anything. I'm genuinely curious because I, like, because here's the difference. With Katang, with how they meet and all that, I can see the appeal. Even though I don't agree with it, I can see why people ship it. That is not the case with me and Zuko. I genuinely, I don't get what people see. I have no idea why people would ship it. So, I'm very, very mm-hmm. curious to know. 
I I think the likelihood of someone who ships, you know, Mako listening to this all this way and contacting us is slim. It's got to be below zero percent, if anything. But you know, just I I want to say it anyway on the off chance because I am very very curious. If you listen to this just to get angry, like maybe you're having a good cry right now and you listen to this to just get really angry, I, I props to you. Honestly, I, I, you sat through this if you're a Mako shipper and that was not easy to no, do. No, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, okay. that's about, I that's think about all that we have note. for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. Next week will be more lighthearted. It definitely will. And without further ado... Happy Zutara shipping. Happy and Happy New Year. <laughs> yes, Happy New Year. We're out of 2020. Thank we will. God. Woo! Woo! Here's to um, a 2021 full of the podcast, new beginnings. I hope everyone's doing well and ready to leave this hellscape of a year behind. And see you next episode.